Hello and welcome back to the Bottle Pie Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver. Today I'm joined by Tom. Hello. And making his return, it's Kyle. Hello. How are you both? Yeah, all right. All right. Not too great after the weekend's result, but we got a chance to put it right tomorrow night. It'll be, it'll, be to, it'll be tonight when this podcast comes out. Um, obviously, uh, it, it wasn't the greatest of starts on uh, Saturday, to say the least, against Reading. I mean, what was it, 45 seconds with 1-0 down to Lucas Xiao? Yeah, it was a slow start. Like It's been a bit of a theme under Ryan Lowe, um, the slow starts. And we've been doing well to come back in a lot of the games and find a way to get a result. But Saturday was just a step too far going 2-0 down after 20 minutes. And then they got the third, obviously. And we did a, showed some good character to get two back, but you can't be giving teams two or three goal leads like so easily without even really doing much to warrant it. They just We just made mistakes. It was our own downfall rather than Reading playing us off the park. so But Lucas Jow and Swift always do that against us, so I probably should have expected it. Um, I went on uh, Elm Park Royals, which is a uh, Reading podcast before the game, and I remember him asking me, and he went, uh, you're optimistic for the game, do, do you think you'll win? And I was like, well, there's always, you know, something inside me that makes me think when it comes to Reading because albeit we're, we're, we were in a good run of form but we're never, we're never good against Reading they always just seem to like find a way to beat us and you know I've, I've not really had fun memories of going down to Mirodeski. Um just never won I remember the, the most recent one I went to uh, I think we conceded a 96 minute winner um, and that was I mean, what more can you say about, you know, going down probably takes you about four hours and losing from a 96-minute winner. Did you um, go to that one? Are 45 minutes late? Missed the only goal in the game and then set off back 45 minutes later. Uh, it's, it's not good memories, is it? To say the least, against Reading. Yeah, every, well, every time you throw something different for us. I mean... It's just one of them teams, isn't it? I mean, I think Bristol probably feel the same way about us in the sense we do so well against them. Oh, yeah. And what I would like to mention is, obviously, we ended up going 3-0 down. Um, it could have been a lot more without Daniel Iverson, I thought. Mm, yeah, it was... Uh, especially the start of the second half. They got a few corners. We were clearing them off the line. I was thinking, what's going on here? Obviously, I, I was behind the goal in the cop, and you, you were just they were just coming at us time after time. And you're thinking, we couldn't get any worse after that first half, but somehow we have. And we picked up a little bit after they got the third goal, but it was just one of them. I feel like it was a bit of a freak result. Like it was just one of those games where everything just didn't come off for us. and that doesn't happen often and everything was coming off for them. They were getting their second balls. They were all the flicks were coming off. So yeah, it's disappointing, but it's two losses in twelve games. So I'm not gonna like start rioting after that. We've had a good start. We'd all have taken it and 
yeah, the playoffs look a bit out of reach now, but that was never going to be the aim this year. Um, so we'll just see how we get on. But no, it was disappointing. I think we're very much like the rest of our own downfall, though, sometimes. I mean, like some of the like Sinclair's swung and missed the ball, Archer's passed it straight back to their player in the box. I mean, for the whole of the second half, like TC was saying, with all them corners, like we're clearing, but we're clearing just in, still inside our own box. So we're not really putting the foot through and getting out. We're not we're like relieving pressure or anything. And if you keep inviting pressure onto you, you're going to get punished. And I mean, Bauer spent the whole game diving in on Lucas Shaw, putting him back onto his strong foot. I mean, that's how he scored his second goal. And the whole thing was just a bit of a defensive mess. And it's not something that we've been accustomed to recently with like the four clean sheets in a row. Well, obviously, we went to a fallback after, you know, the second one in. He, uh, Ryan Lowe took Brad Potts off, who's, he, well, I mean, he's he, he's been a revelation at right wing back. He's uh, stepped up to the role perfectly. But obviously, uh, the three-five-two really, obviously, didn't, didn't really suit against Reading. So, he went to a fallback and brought uh, Liam Lindsay on to play centre-half alongside Patrick Bauer and push uh, Andrew Hughes up to left back. Um, did you feel like the four three three solidified us more? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say solidified us, but I think it made us a lot better at attacking. It helped us get ready more from the wings and not through the centre really. Uh, Lindsay was good when he came on. Though, I must admit, have not been Lindsay's biggest fan ever since he joined. As I'm sure you'll probably remind me, but it's it's fair to say that since he's come back in the team whilst Lowe's been here that he's been really good at what he's done so can't really fault it um, yeah. what I would like to mention is uh, I, I, I've done a piece and it'll be out it'll be out uh, a day after um, this podcast is released and obviously uh, Tom's uh, done an article as well for the Bottle Pie Press um, his, your article uh, go on what was your article on? Uh just how slow starters we are, really. And uh, I was having a look into the, like, the stats and we scored two goals in the first half of games under low and we scored 13 in the second half. And it's just a bit strange. Like, obviously, it's a small sample of games, so it could be a bit coincidental and just one of those things. But I would say that most games, we've been much better performing in the second half. So... Obviously, if you can get the first goal and uh, it, it suits the way we play, that we'll be able to counter-attack. Teams will have to come out more. But once you don't get that first goal or it stays nil-nil, especially at Deepdale, where teams nowadays are probably set aside with a point, it, it makes it hard work for us. And especially when you go getting a, two goals against you within 20 minutes, you can't keep coming back from that. And yeah, we've done all right with that in the um, Sheffield United games and some other games like Stoke away, but it's not something that's sustainable. So I don't know why this is happening, but uh, we do need to start games faster, especially at home, get teams on the back foot, get the crowd going. Because like, the cop was obviously in action on Saturday, but within a minute, everyone's like, oh my God, like it, it just deflated everybody. So we just need to get off to better starts at home, definitely. 
It's always a worry. Um, you can like the game can be over by half time. I'd say that Reading game was probably over by half time. I know we came back into it, but we never looked like we were going to get a third. And even if you did get a third, like it's still not a good result because teams are turning over Reading time and time and time again. And then they turn up to our place and they look like the top of the league because we're making them seem better than they are. And by half time, you think you just you just sat there for 15 minutes, shell shocked at what you've just witnessed. I mean, there's 200 and odd Reading fans that have been giving it to giving it to us large in first half because they're as shocked as we are that two 0 up at half time. It was one of those where you know you've you felt on the low the clean sheets have been coming in, we've been more defensively sound, and it was just a bit of a shock. But speaking of defensively sound. Um, obviously, you've mentioned you've done your article on the poor start, but um, I, I, I've just uh, done an article on Andrew Hughes, who I think has been the shining light in, uh, you know, it, at the start of the season as well. It was quite a dark, dull time for the club, and I think he's been the shining light. And he's come out here and he's, well, now under Ryan Lowe, he's shining more. I think uh, I, I've notified one of, one of the uh, points in the Reading game as, like, he, he's received the ball, right, and he's got a Reading player on coming, and what he's done, he's flicked it with the outside of his foot around the Reading player and all gone on the other side. And you're just thinking, like, where's this confidence come from? Because, you know, left back under Neil, you, you wouldn't really, you know, see or think of Hughes, you know, just having so much confidence in going forward. But it's... He's really customised to the left centre back role, and now you know he steps up into midfield. He 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 does more progressive passes. You know, it's it's almost like uh, Ben Ben Davis has come back to Deepdale. It, it really feels like Andrew Hughes has taken to that role. And you know, I've obviously put out an article on the Butterfly Press if you want to read a bit more on that. But I, I feel like Andrew Hughes has been superb yet again, and yet again on Saturday. Yeah, I'm a massive... I've always liked Hughes. Like, obviously, at left-back, he's not been always as good going forward. But even this season, when he has gone forward, like you notice like his crossing's really good. Uh, gets to the byline a lot better than any of our other wing-backs. But at left-centre-back, yeah, he's just been... He just suits him to a tee, doesn't he? He's comfortable on the ball. He's got a bit of pace about him. He's really good aerially. So he just really suited to that role. And like you say, we've not really missed Ben Davis this season because of how good Hughes has been. Like, I don't think there'll be a many better left-sided centre-halves in the league this season. I've not seen many better than Hughes. Um, and for me, he's definitely the top three contenders for player of the season with probably Iverson and Sepp. Oh, you'd probably say maybe Whiteman. Um, but... Yeah, it's just a crazy transformation when probably people wouldn't have been too bothered if he'd left probably a year ago. So to be like now, I'd say one of the first names on the team sheet is all credit to him. Um, what I would like to say is in your player of the year, is that or player of the seasons, um, you've not included Emil Reese now. Emil Reese has scored 16 Ooh. goals this yes. season. Um, I mean, looking at the stats here that I've seen, he obviously got taken off in the 53rd minute, but mm. 
all game we had 18 shots and two of them were only on target. And I'm guessing that's both Johnson's and Archer's goal. So could that be why you've not included him in, you know, why, why, why have you not included Emil Reese in the player of the season shouts? Um, I don't know. Like under Reese, he was uh, under Reese, under Frankie, sorry. He was the main man. Uh, the way we were playing kind of suited him. It was almost stretch in behind defences, um, just long balls over the top, Reese running onto them. He was really suiting how he wanted to play. But under low, I don't know, I've not been convinced at all, really. I know he's got a few goals, two against Bristol City, West Brom, um, Sheffield United, but I've not been convinced one bit by the way he holds the ball up in the low system. Obviously, the low style of play is a bit more possession-based and he wants his strikers to get more involved than just running in behind. He wants them to link up the play with your Browns, DJs, Whitemans, and it's just not his game. It really isn't. And I think, obviously, Ched does that a lot better than Reese. Uh, I think Archer does as well. And I just think, He's struggling a bit at the minute. Obviously, the miss on Saturday, he's just... I'm not quite sure what he's thinking there. I, I, I get he's a striker in that position. You want to have a shot, and that's fine. But he's blasted it, not even close. And then he's got two men waiting for him as well. It's just a panicked finish, and he just lacked all composure, and... He's been like that. Even when he's scoring at the minute, I'm just not feeling he's bringing that much to the table, like with actual way of holding it up and what Low wants. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the summer we like look to bring someone in to give Reese that bit of competition um, for places because at the minute he probably doesn't have much competition, but yeah, I've just not been convinced. And it might be a bit controversial, but I think it could be coached into him. He's obviously still young, got time on his side, so it's not something we have to give up on now. But from the first 12 games of Lowe's reign, I can't really remember him having a good performance. I don't know if you boys can tell me any, but... You said that it can be coached into him, but isn't that, you know, Ryan Lowe's job to get the best out of his players? I know... Under Frankie McAvoy, Emil Reese did because, you know, he pretty much sometimes carried the team on his shoulders. I remember that Coventry game. So, I mean, yeah. is it is it all Emil Reese's fault or is it, you know, Ranlow needs to, you know, play to Reese's strengths? Because, uh, yeah, I will know you've got this system, but you've got to acclimatise this system to fit your best players. And, I mean, 16 goals this season already and he's what is he is he, he scored more than any other personal fan player in mm-hmm. championship like uh, ever I'm not too sure Newton, I think since yeah right so you've got you've got a player there that's scoring goals surely as a manager you got to think right this guy this guy can play he can hit the back of the net because he can so you've got to play to reach his strengths and yeah it's not all one, it's not like 
one-sided on low that he needs to get the best out of him because Reese needs to acclimatise too. But, you know, is it, is it a mix rather than just Emil's fault? Tom? Yeah, I think you, you make good point, to be fair. I think it's probably going to take a bit of a compromise from both sides. Like, Reese does need to work on these things if he wants to get to the level we know he can reach. Because he's got so many great attributes, there's no doubt about that. And he scored goals, like, you can't complain at that. But um, under low, I think he's just not quite fit in yet. But again, maybe low needs to look at that and think, maybe we can clip a few more balls in behind defences. And Reese always will look dangerous in that situation. Get DJ on the ball, threading through balls into it, rather than having Reese always with his back to goal. Yeah, that that's probably going to help his game as well. So there's definitely ways to get the best out of him, but it's just about finding the right um, combinations, who, which striker he works best with, because maybe him and Archer are quite similar um, in that they both like running in behind, they both got pace to burn, and he was playing his better football with probably someone that would take it in and leave room for him to get in behind, but I don't know if him and Arch is maybe a bit too similar up front. I don't think you could drop either of them. That's the issue. I think they're both probably our best chance at scoring goals. So you can't you can't like have one and not the other. I think Reese's goals goal tally so far and Arch's upcoming goal tally will match. And you're giving yourself the best opportunity of winning a match if you're playing both of them. I think Evans is probably better off the bench and then. With why it's non-existent at the moment, or hasn't been for the past year and a half anyway either. So there's not a lot you can do unless you change formations like a one-striker formation. Mm. I, I I like the way that Sean Maguire played him behind Emil Reese because he he, he he suited Reese uh, in a way he was very unselfish, and I thought he did a massive role for the club at the start of the season uh, when you know Reese was playing. Reese was playing as you know like. More further on, and Sean was playing was as a second striker. So I, I think Sean Maguire definitely complements Reese better in the way that you know Reese he's playing to Reese's strengths. And as you said, I'm not too sure that the other strikers um, really play to Reese's strengths. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But what I would yeah. like to move on to now is a couple of listener questions. Um, the, these are focused on, I'm going to do the uh, Reading game focus questions um, I'll actually come to you first TC mm. oh. um, Gary Robinson or Gary Robbo 81 on Twitter says um, why is the home points total under Ryan Lowe lower than what we can reasonably be expected um, good question I think a big, the problem is, like I've mentioned earlier on, the the players that we have, they're quite suited to that counter-attacking style of play. Like, obviously, I've mentioned Reese liking to get in behind, etc. And at home, teams aren't really leaving that much space in behind for us to exploit and counter-attack. Like, even Huddersfield, they're like, what are they, the fourth in the fifth, fourth, fifth in the league. And they came to Deepdale and they just sat in for 90 minutes. Like it's kind of it's gonna to have to be something we, we have to work on. And 
we've got players that can unlock defences, but I think the playing away suits us more just with having people that can run into space and there's not as much space at Deepdale, which is we're struggling to break down and that's probably why we're not getting the first goal, etc. So it's definitely not great. I think we've got two wins at home since October, so it's been a problem even before Ryan Lowe's. Um, obviously, we're going to have to find some solutions for it. Hopefully, now Archer's starting to score some goals. He can be the difference between draws and wins in the next few weeks. Um, and if he can do that, then hopefully we'll start actually picking up some wins at home. On Kyle, um, I think well, uh, to be honest with you, I think we're a bit too negative when we're playing at home. I think the um, three at the back is more of like a, an away formation where you can counter attack a lot better with it. But at home, like as TC said, teams are coming to sit behind the ball for the vast majority of it, and if you've not got space to play into, then a wide formation or as wide as a five at the back can go really wouldn't benefit us as well. So you'd probably want to, at home, you probably want to try and get Brown, Johnson, your creative players on the ball a bit more, look to go straight through the heart of the team, take on the midfield and pass through the centre hours instead of going around the full backs and try to get it in that way. And that's what all we seem to be doing. We seem to go from wing back to wing back through Ben Whiteman at the moment and then end up just reverting back, end up power, and then he'll kick it forward to nobody and just repeat it. Just repeat it until maybe either one works eventually or throw enough shit at a wall, it'll stick, I suppose. Speaking on uh, Patrick Bauer, um, obviously he's... Well, he's being used more by Lowe to uh, try and to to try and do some more perfect progressive passes, and uh, Lowe's obviously trusted in him to you know um, push well, pull push the ball higher up the pitch, and you know he got a bit of stick online, obviously uh, after the Reading game because he didn't have the greatest games. Um, to say the least, and I, I didn't think he actually played that well against Peterborough away, but he's obviously been, you know, one of our best defenders of recent uh, years. So, I mean, could you say that Patrick Bowers just not having a good run of form or is it like this type of playing isn't quite suited to him yet? Because he needs time. I've seen some people saying, oh, yeah, he should be dropped um, for Tuesday's game, this, that and the other. But he needs time to acclimatise to this, you know, the way that Lowe wants him to play. So, what what are your boys' thoughts? Because obviously, he's been getting a bit of stick, hasn't he? He's very no nonsense, and that's the issue. Like you can't expect him to suddenly do like Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire when he's at Leicester, he just like would suddenly dart forward with the ball, like Hughes does with us. He darts forward with the ball, and I think that's what Lowe probably wants with centre out because Set does it as well. But Bauer is never going to suddenly just start running twenty yards forward with the ball. Carrying us forward, he's more of a more of a spend about three seconds on the ball, get rid of it as soon as possible. So it's not his problem anymore. But he does all the basic defending well. That's his role. That's always been his role. So, like you say, Ollie, he needs to 
acclimatised to the new situation, which is probably keeping hold of the ball, retaining possession and not just wasting it as soon as you get it. Kyle, on that, I think that he, he isn't going to carry the ball out completely, but I think it's a bit nonsense. He's been in poor form for months or whatever. Like We've kept like five clean sheets in six. Again, games like Hull away, Peterborough away, Huddersfield at home, he's not put a foot wrong. Yeah, he was really not great on Saturday, but no one was. And I wouldn't be against Lindsay having a, a go on choose uh, tomorrow night. Not because Bowers had a bad few months, just because a bit of rotation and he probably needs a rest as well. So I think it's a nonsense that Bowers been poor for months because he hasn't been, let's be honest. We we've been much better defensively under low. Like we've been unbun by wonder goals at Stoke and uh, Swansea. He's kept clean sheets in a load of games. So yeah, he's probably not the best on the ball, but you've got Hughes and Seps that are there for that. And he's not terrible. He's not useless on the ball. He can still do what he needs to do, giving it into Whiteman and stuff. So I just think it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, after a loss, tensions are quite high and stuff. I, I, I do believe, though, that he has been quite poor recently. I mean, he's, he's still got time. He's, he's, he's only played 12 games. He's obviously been, you know, in football for hard now long, probably going on eight, nine years now. And, you know, perhaps this is something new he's not used to. So you never know. He's He's got time to acclimatise to, you know, what, Ryan Lowe wants from him. Moving back on to, you know, you saying that the cop was good, the atmosphere was good. What are both your boys' thoughts on, like, the cop being uh, used more often? Yeah, I think, obviously, me and Carl were starting it for the Reading game. Before the game, it was felt like an away game. Like, everyone stood up, everyone was singing. Uh, it felt like a really good, good atmosphere. Obviously, the football kind of ruined it a little bit. But even at 3-0 down, it was like a lot louder than it ever is in the town end. Uh, when it went to 3-1, a few lads were running up and down to the Reading fans. Um, not quite sure why, but like it felt like it, it could have some... Obviously, it's hard when teams bring a, want to bring a full allocation in the cop. We might have to just let them use that for bringing as much money as possible but it was I think it's something we could do for those type of games where teams aren't bringing many um, like Reading because it did help having four sides to the ground with Preston fans in I think it did help and if we'd have put on a better performance I, I think it would have been rocking to be honest the cop I think it's got good potential and I think it's something they should try and do again because the atmospheric detail has been a problem for ages but if we make the coppings a sort of a designated singing area like it kind of was on Saturday I think it would be really good for the atmosphere and really get get people excited again so yeah I'm all for it Well the um, the cop sold out for the Blackpool game now it's just been announced on Twitter today that it's fully sold out so I can't anticipate anything else other than that side of the ground being absolutely rocking come match day. 
Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, I was saying that I was like Reading it was crazy at times in there so you can only imagine for Blackpool what it's actually going to be like especially with them having 2,000 fans on the other side and there being 2,000 Preston fans to the other it's just going to be absolute madhouse isn't it in there but got my ticket in the cop for Blackpool so I am looking forward to it rest of the ground side well, as well, which will be good. The attend the attendance for like multiple people to to speak about. I mean, I think it'll show that although I don't really like getting involved with it, ours is slightly better. But I mean, it's just a petty argument at the end of the day. But oh well, yeah, that that what the attendance is. Yeah, I think uh, if yeah, we I mean... them direct, we can sell out our ground. Then I think that's conclusive proof that it doesn't need to carry on after that. Well, I mean, we, we've both we've both had quite poor attendances, to say the yeah. least. Like, um, like Preston and Blackpool aren't renowned for the great attendances. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're just arguing against each other over something that neither club really has in good attendances. Obviously, um, yeah, we can only speak for Preston here because uh, it's a Preston North End podcast and. I do feel like Deepdale's atmosphere has improved, you know, a, a good amount under low. And, I, you know, with, with the cop opening, it's only going to get better. And, you know, Ryan Lowe's praised, like, hearing four, four, four sides of the ground being behind Preston. And, you know, like, the club have definitely listened to the fans in what they wanted. And it's only going to bring more more fans in. So... Preston are definitely taking the right steps into, you know, bettering the atmospheres here. And then, you know... The Sports Collective and, well, Peter Isdale as well, they put quite a lot of work in to get stuff like this happening. And you can see the train and what they've done so far has improved it massively. And long may continue, really. It's nice to have communication from a collective that helps the fans speak to Peter Isdale and Craig Hemmings and get stuff done that will benefit the match day experience for fans because it's been a long time coming and it feels just like we've been customers instead of actual fans in the past couple of years. Uh, what I would like to uh, say is like obviously with like the atmosphere and you know more 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 so like bringing more stuff to uh, the games obviously there's been a hot potato tram outside that's, you know, coming back for every home game the rest of the season. It's gone down that well. Um, it's, it's just little things, you know, like little trapped uh, fans to come back because, you know, I mean, we, we've obviously all had to go on deep down once. And I mean, it's it's obviously going to be more enticing with, you know, li- little things just like here and there. I mean, it's not all about the football on the pitch, but I mean, well, it is. But you know, you can you can jazz it up a bit with you know little things. So, I've got another question from Frank Jameson on Twitter. I mean, this is for both of you. I'll come to you first, Kyle. But who are you playing at right wing back and left wing back for Forest? Um, I'd probably. I don't know. So, I mean, they're quite a good attacking side for us, which is what's worrying me. I think 
I'd probably go with quite like a, a, a solid flat line. I'm not, I'm not, I saw an idea to say like put maybe like Lindsay or Bambo into centre half and then Hughes on left wing back, which wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. So, Joey, let's go with that. I'll have Hughes left wing back with like either Bambo or Lindsay Queens at defence and on right wing back. Top. Mm. I think uh, Pops, yeah, been fine. I know he got taken off. And on the left, against Forest, we're probably going to need a bit more defensive solidity. Um, and we don't really have anyone else other than Earl, so it's going to have to be Earl. But, that, yeah, he's all right defensively, but it's going to probably leave us a bit lacking on the left-hand side going forward. But we've seen he's capable of it before, so hopefully he can all just click into place if he does get a start. I'm going to stick my neck on one here. Right. I'm right wing back. I'm going to stick with Potts. I think he's been, uh, I think he's been brilliant there recently. Um, left wing back. Ooh, I'm going to say Ali McCown. Ooh, that's a terrible <laughs> opinion from you. <laughs> Ali McCann at left wing back. Why not? Because he's right footed for starters and. That's Sinclair though. Yeah, and I didn't rate, so I don't. I, I didn't choose to have him there again. So I was rapidly when he used to play. There. You, you, want, you, want, you, wanted more, you wanted more defensive solidity, which Alan McCann brings, and Brown can play right wing back. No, what, what means Alan McCann can't play left wing back? No, because he's a headless chicken at right wing back. Never mind at left wing back on his wrong side. Well, no, that's my head out online. I'd play Alan McCann there. Um, obviously, in the summer, it's definitely something we've meant. It was even mentioned in January that we need to uh, need to get a left wing back, but it didn't come to because obviously the club didn't think the right player was there, which is good, I think, from the club because you don't want to be forced into signing someone when there's no need. So it's definitely something to look at. Um, let's move on to Forrest. Obviously, they've been in superb form recently. Cooper's gone in there. He's done a fantastic job, I know, to say the least. Yeah, they've got some good players. He's a great manager. I think Swansea fans underappreciated him and they probably now look back and think, well, look at the job he was doing. I know they had some good loan players, but he was doing really, really well with them. Uh, obviously, got some good players. Brennan Johnson will be... That is a bit concerning, the right-hand side being Brennan Johnson against our left-hand side, which is really just no-one's really staking a claim, as shown by Ollie suggesting Ali McCann to play there. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a worry. Obviously, Keenan Davis up front will cause problems. He's mobile, good in the air. Um They've got some really good players and they're solid at the back as well, aren't they? Obviously, Warrell, Bryce Samba's out, I think, isn't he? So that's yeah, yeah he's, out, he's out for a balance conduct, isn't he? Yeah, so hope get some shots off. I'm not sure who the second keeper is, but he'll be a bit rusty, you'd expect. So get some shots in on him. I think it's Ethan Harbreth. I might be saying that. Um, is he had, uh, 
yeah, he's American. They've they had um, the game at the weekend postponed. Obviously, uh, well, it was meant to be Friday against Bournemouth, but it got postponed because of uh, the storm down there. Yeah, so they'll be a bit fresher than we are as well. So, but you thought obviously... I didn't book that. Don't too well, did it? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was my. Speaking of that, do you remember when Keenan Davis was apparently linked to come to Preston North End almost every transfer well, week? We know for the past three years, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I also want to mention, um, I think James Garner, I think he'll control the midfield. I think he's brilliant. Um, Jed Spence is a massive player as well. I I know um, Bora have Isaiah Jones, but Letting a player like Jed Spence go out on loan, you know, he, he's yeah. he, he's a brilliant right wing back, and he's like the perfect. Like if you were going to epitomise a right wing back, you'd look towards Jed Spence. Personally. You're not really uh, filling me with confidence here with naming Brennan Johnson and uh, Spence against our non-existent left wing back. There's no way you can play Sinclair there tomorrow. No chance. You're gonna have to. Well, I, I think there's yeah. only you're gonna have to play Earl. You're gonna have to. Alan McCann. No, that, I, I will. I will hold my hands up if he comes in at left wing back tomorrow and we get a result. But I really cannot see that happening. Well, I mean, under the lights again at Deepdale. It's always special. It's gonna take a big performance to get some out of it but it'd be typical that we go and win this wouldn't we and we yeah. lost it's Reading um, on and... Sky at Deepdale and I, I can't remember the last time we played poorly on Sky at Deepdale yeah nice Jesus Christ done about 4-0 now you said that oh well, I don't I don't, don't want to jinx it but well, we are usually Good under the lights at Deep Dell and Sky. Is that, is, that, is that the right word in feed, Kyle? Yeah. Right. Let's go on to predictions, okay? So, tomorrow against Nottingham Forest. Well, or today when this comes out. Um, let's go with one all. Yeah, one. Yeah, give it away one all because I, I can't see it with with our home form. I can't really see us winning, but we do seem to score still, no matter what. Probably be in the second half. Uh, probably be Archer if anyone else scoring. Um, yeah. Tom, I've uh, suddenly just got a boost of confidence. I don't know where this has come from, but you know what. I'm going to fancy us for a 2-1 win. Oh, God. i tell you what. I'll tell you what, Tom. I'll back that. You know what? I, I like your confidence and I'll back a 2-1 North End win at home against Forest because there's something about Deepdale under the lights. It's a special place. Um, hopefully, we get off to a better start than we have done recently. Um, also, I'm going to get both your predictions for the Saturday game away at Coventry as well. So, just 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 a quick snapshot, a quick snapshot, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Scoreline this weekend: Coventry, Preston, go three-one North End. Tom, 
I've gone the opposite to for I, I go for a one-one against Coventry. One nil North End away at Coventry. Two wins in a week. Six points out the next two. I'd be more than happy with that. Six. I'd be happy with four. Um, but six points um, for North End in the next two matches, and uh, the locomotive will be back up and running. Probably derailed at the moment. Storm got to no, it. no. We're, we're just off at a station at the moment. We just pull into a station to refuel. Yeah, and the locomotive's ready to uh, ready to set off again. So, uh, unless you guys have got anything else to say, that's uh, another episode done. Yeah, perfect. Right. Cheers, boys. Nice one.